Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute. It's the daily podcast in which we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Chris Ayers from the People v. Batman v. Superman podcast and DC Legacy Filmcast. And you can find me on Twitter at Chris A. Creative. And thanks for, thanks for having me back on this. And uh, it's my last appearance. Well, hopefully not the last, last appearance. Yeah. For this film. Come on now. I'll come back for Suicide Squad. Film. Yeah. Hope, yeah, good. Good. Be better. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to hear your thoughts on that film. Um, but yeah, it's been an absolute blast. We've been talking about some of the uh, some of the heaviest minutes of this film. Maybe not the heaviest. They're pretty. Oh, heavy. It gets heavier. Yeah, it gets heavier. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a piece of advice you give your kid. Oh, it gets heavier. Life just and keeps yeah, getting worse absolutely. and worse and worse. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, this this has been a pretty good solid week, and uh, it's not going to get any less light in today's minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So today's minute, we're talking about minute number 55, and it starts with uh, Andrew Sullivan's thoughts on Superman, and then it ends with Neil deGrasse Tyson's thoughts on Superman. Um, But in between, there's plenty of other people with their thoughts on Superman, and that's basically what this minute's about, Um, as we get the kind of Man of Steel sequel montage. Um, In this minute, we'll see Superman doing some pretty good feats of heroism, um, what did you say yesterday? It's kind of like the trials of Hercules, right? Yeah. Uh, Chris, we kind of see Superman kind of doing all kinds of great, um, things. He's saving, uh, a capsized ship in this minute. And, uh, later on we'll see him rescuing, uh, a failed rocket launch from Russia, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I was when we had first decided to do this podcast, I remember like that day you told me I went and rewatched this movie. And the first time I like went and rewatched it was the first time I saw the people on top of the boat that he's rescuing. Yeah. Yeah. Never noticed that until, I don't know. Now I just felt like I wrote it down because I wanted to, to let you know that little fun fact about me. Where are the people at? They're oh, on the top. Okay. There's a bunch see, of people. Yeah. 10 seconds in. Yeah. I see the people. Yeah. Look at that. It's a pretty cool thing. Obviously CGI, but. Clearly, <laughs> Superman has never looked better in the Northern Lights. I guess that's a cool thing to see, right? When how Superman in Northern Lights. Yeah, it seems like it should be synonymous with the uh, Fortress of Solitude, which doesn't exist in this film anymore. It did, it, yeah, but now it's gone. <laughs> well, sorry. Um. So, do you, do you guys want to talk about anything visually before you get into more of like the? The dialogue, the dialogue or? and stuff. Like I said, his boots will always perplex me. I just want to see a video of Henry strapping the boots on just so I can be okay and be able to sleep at night because I don't, I don't understand how he gets they are there. I think, I think the whole like upper calf part all the way down to like your ankle is attached to the pants and like you get like the the bottom part kind of just like placed on it. It looks like there's like a seam where like the sole of the shoe would be at his boot doesn't look like you can slip into those things. And this is just going about costuming and stuff like that. Yeah, but it's costume design. Come on. Like how does Batman put on that skin type Batman suit so easily? I mean, it's like, where's the zipper? Or how come you can't see it and all that? Kind well, of then it turns into a Scooby-Doo episode. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have something on the visuals overall and, 
in general, I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder's like high contrast. Um, every, everything's the color is drained out of everything, and everything is almost black. Like even mm-hmm. in the shot where he's tugging, where he's pulling the uh, the ocean liner, it's it's a silhouette and it's pretty much black. You know, there's red and blue in there, but it's like almost black. Even the the Russian yeah. scene where you know it's daytime, but it looks like it's nighttime because it's so damn dark. It's just a it's just a um, pet peeve of the visual stuff. I'm a very visual guy. I'm a graphic designer and art director by trade. And mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting on the Justice League trailers when they were putting side by side color comparisons with what's happened with yeah. Snyder's cut versus Josh Whedon's cut. And it's it's really obvious that they've lightened up the colors and tried to make it feel more bright and happy. Do you think there's going to be like a defining moment of that movie where it's going to be like complete color palette change? I feel like they should go no, back and post and fix things like that. I, no, not not like later. Like the whole film. The whole film's been recolored. They're saying it's kind of color corrected to be a little bit brighter is, is what they're saying. Um, whatever I uh, but I, I, I I'm not saying that that's a director versus director choice I, but I, I think that might be intentional again I don't know because the film's not out but you know when it does come out yeah we'll, yeah whatever we'll, we'll, we'll spend a whole podcast it. don't worry about it don't minute about by it. minute to talk it's about it um, but I've always noticed and it was clear in Man of Steel that parts of the world seemed a little gray and dark sometimes but that's for when you do show some moments of happiness that like are light and mm-hmm. it's supposed to re- represent like a good time or peace serenity uh that they really do stand out and so what ha- was going on in man of steel was like um the week that we had with you chris he was in canada and it was kind of very overcast and it was muggy and you know he was in gray clothing a lot and then like we cut the scenes in Smallville and mm-hmm. it's just, it is never not pretty. It is even during sunset, it looks beautiful and yeah. like everything looks serene. And, but that's because that Smallville and Smallville has to be the, the home base, the innocent, the, like that's the start of the hero's journey kind of thing. Um, and even though this is in daylight and everything, just because if, if the setting is meant to, give you a, a sense of, of doubt or struggle, then although it's daylight, it still has to be dark, dark feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I totally get that. And that's what they're going for. They're going for a certain tone that is, that is all dark. Um, mm-hmm. And they ha- you kind of have to do that, I guess. I, I want to see a bright, hopeful Superman moment. And I never get that in, in this movie. I get that more in Man of Steel. Um, it's, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's yep. go a long yeah. way. I mean, you saw someone yeah. like recolored, uh, parts of man of steel just you know just by adjusting color saturation and brightness and contrast and they did a really interesting thing in wonder woman where it is like it's ugly gray and she is like the bright shining thing like she stands out yeah and i really wish they'd done that with superman and man of steel a little more and a little more in this but for the most part he might as well just be wearing a black suit in this for as much color as they they allow to happen it's just well then that would yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll save it. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, let's get into it. So, so we get Andrew Sullivan's lines. He, he yeah. starts with um, asking like if there's any moral constraints on this person, um, and basically anything that he does is a political act. 
um, whether we want it to be or not, because it's Superman. It's, you know, he exists now. He's here on the earth. We mentioned it yesterday in, in that minute. Um, but like when he's saying, are there moral constraints on this person? Or is he saying moral constraints that we're putting on him or that he himself is putting upon himself for the sake of being Superman? It seems like whatever law, Both. like is he breaking international laws? Is he an American citizen who has the right to police Superman? I guess. Mm-hmm. That could be it. Yeah, no, it could be. No one does in this case. I mean, no one has the power to police yeah. Superman. But the U.S. feels like they should, right? Because that, because that he's becomes an issue, right? A US at the end citizen, of... I guess, if you're gonna. Yeah, that 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 becomes like one of the first issues at the end of Man Steel. Is like, how do you know we won't act against mm-hmm. U.S. interests and everything? And it's like, who's you know, <laughs> who, says he, who says he has to though? And like. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, I guess that what they're also asking is, does he himself know his own virtues and morals? Like, does he have a set one? Does, you know, is he acting in anyone's favor? Is he acting on his own accord? And, you know, is he owing anyone a favor when he does something? Mm-hmm. Like, is he, when he goes out and saves a Russian shuttle, is he doing it in the name of the U.S.? Or is he just doing it at the kindness of his heart? And it's like... Or is he doing it in Russia's interest? You know, stuff like that. Like, right. True. Uh, he's saving. He's saving anyone who needs to be saved. I mean, it's it doesn't matter what their nationality is or you know what country they're yeah. in. But he does. It's just the right thing to do. He does act against the United States and, and earlier in the film when he destroys a missile. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I can understand their concern. Yeah. So, well, is it a missile or is it a a Both. shuttle? Well, no. He. What? No, no, no. He destroyed. The Nairobi. Oh, the Nairobi. Okay, yeah. sorry. I was looking right at this Russia bit, no. and I yeah. heard missile, and I thought of that. Um, so does that mean, like, let's say in North Korea, a person accidentally falls out of a building, mm-hmm. and he swipes in and saves them. Does that create conflict? Of course. Does it? Of course. Is it is it a an innocent North Korean citizen, or is it Kim Jong-un? He See, that's what I was thinking. Is I guess it if doesn't so, matter. I mean, everything's political. I guess if that we're talking about it's like everything is political. We're talking about dropping once nukes. he enters their airspace. Yeah, we're talking about dropping nukes on in the real, real, real world right now, like nuking North Korea. I mean, that's a very real possibility. And like all the people yeah. who would, the innocent people who don't deserve that, who would die, and that that's a political choice, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like how we we dropped two bombs instead of just one, which that was yeah. that was a conflict too i mean some people were okay with dropping the bomb but then some people had problems with dropping two bombs it mm-hmm. was like maybe that you know back in 1940s maybe that was a little too much um but you know and then there's some people just not at all or maybe there's yeah. some people who say drop more <laughs> and you know that yeah but superman's like a nuclear bomb with a conscience you know what i mean like he could be as exactly. dangerous as that but we but yeah, the United States exactly doesn't right. control him that's why we got that Iron Giant movie. It's a gun with feelings. It, yeah, it's <laughs> exactly what that is. Iron Giant, we've said it before. Iron Giant is a Superman movie. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, it's a Superman story it's with, you know, obvious Superman allegory in it, but it's essentially just the same thing. Yeah, if a gun had feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he does. Do you see the Wayne Enterprises stock is down? <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it's like, I, you pause it at five seconds, and I don't know how to read stocks, yet so yet um i have a book i'm learning i yeah man taking classes and stuff get rich quick so why 
What is, does anybody know, Chris? Do you know what this is? I don't know what these numbers mean. Look at the percentage. Is, being, um, is that well? Look at uh, the one above it. It's like it's percentage you know, nine point twenty five. It's percentage down of it's like it's it's valued at one thirty two point five four. It's down two point six points 2%. off of that, which is a I guess a two percent drop of the total. So so does that mean that bad. does that mean I'm losing money if I have stocks in Wayne Enterprises? That's a small. That's no. yeah. That's a small. I mean, it, but it fluctuates, right? It'll go back up and down. I'm not an expert on the stock, but I mean, that's it's, that's it a small on loss. What, when you invested money, mm-hmm. depends on at when, like, so I don't know. Do I really want to get into this? I so was 100. Well, no, 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 don't go into it. My main <laughs> question is, is this supposed to kind of give you an idea that Wayne Enterprises isn't really doing so well? I think so. You would have to. Yeah. You think so? LexCorp is below it, and LexCorp is valued at lower than Wayne Enterprises, but it's rising a lot, about 12 points. Mm-hmm. Where Wayne Enterprises mm-hmm. is going down, I think it's similar to when they had the football game earlier. You know, Gotham is losing to Metropolis by a lot. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of funny, but you know, it's like why is why is Batman so pissed off in this movie? His football team's losing, yeah. his stock's going down, and there's the whole thing of Superman. Mm-hmm. Gotham City's just losing; they just lose all the time. Always, so it's like in their nature. It's their state motto. Yeah, we, we lost. We losing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ever since Lex got his company from his father it's been going up and up and up and up so um i think it's that three i can't it's that five it's that what like 5.61 5. percent yeah i mean it's that's a big that's a big jump five percent gain in one day yeah that's a lot that's somebody made a lot of money yeah. on that that day yeah. yeah and it says new 52 week highs mm-hmm. so there's a number um but overall it looks uh it's not that bad. For you know what Greg checking is? No, I don't know what that is. I tried to look into it. Greg? I don't know. Yeah, Greg. I don't know. Greg. It's like a fake. I didn't know if it was like an artist name or anything <laughs> like that, but I think it's probably just a fake stock symbol they made up for this. There's a lot of them across They're the like, top, oh. too. <laughs> yeah. Are these not real stock symbols? Are they made up? I think they're made up. There's a Metropolis up. one that drops down right after. Yeah. I, I saw the Metropolis one, but these, the ones at the top, those are all made up? I think so. I think I remember looking up these when I first we did this on our show. They don't look like stocks that I know, but uh, do you think it's a, is it illegal to like sh- like depict a company that has a stock and like say if they wanted to put it like down? Is that like huh? That's a good question. Certain laws. I don't know. Yeah, like you, I can't make a movie and have like a movie like it been a stock market and have like Coke up there and be like, oh, Coke's down six percent. Like I can't do that, right? Yeah, you can't because that's like that's like lying. That's or, almost like libel. What is that? Like where you fake. What is it like? False written Falsified information, corporate information, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, because then you, you give someone the idea that Coke is literally not doing so. Yeah, well. so like I think there's laws in place for that, right? So maybe yeah. I don't know. Um, the the interview with Senator Finch and I always forget the man's name, uh, but their Charlie their Rose. conversations, Charlie Rose, their their conversations a little more. Uh, exact it there's not much to kind of question there um uh rose asks like should a figure like superman cause controversy like is that just natural mm-hmm. and uh finch says you know absolutely like just there's no doubt about that um but i guess if you guys want do you guys agree like he should be a figure of controversy or should everyone just be like hey that's superman he should just do whatever he wants it's everybody's has their own opinion he's going to be a figure of controversy no matter what once you create something that is like that it's just always going to be mark you created come on 
Christianity created a thing where it was like, hey, there's this one guy with a beard that likes to pull strings and like do anything. And then all of a sudden the crusades happened with people like just killing everybody in, in the name of that character. Once you create something like that, it's going to cause controversy. I'm sorry, that was a really rough comparison, but it's kind of the same mindset. Oh, it's yeah. Not that long but, ago, there was a <clears throat> there was an episode of or issue of Action Comics, I think, with a backup story where Superman does engage in something overseas, and he sort of renounces his citizenship, or says, or more so says, "I'm a citizen of the world." That caused a lot of real world controversy on Fox News. It was it was a story in the headlines. John Stewart did a, a segment about it on the Daily Show. You know, it was Superman's no longer American. What's the world coming to? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that's in this movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it is later. It was a cut. It was a yeah, cut the, scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in the ultimate edition. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and and um, you know, it's just kind of thinking about. It. I think uh, that's starting to be a thing with Captain America now. It's like Captain America doesn't represent the U.S. He represents. He fights for the little man all the time, whether it's a U.S. citizen or not, and. Uh, and I think that's starting to be controversial issue too now because people are like, oh, it's like the U.S. is losing its superheroes. But it's like it really sucks that you can't. It's Captain America. It's not like you can change that name. But it's like <laughs> Captain <he's>, Humanity. <laughs> no, but I mean, just because yeah, it's Captain America, but it doesn't mean. But you know, the, if America, okay, so here's the thing: it can still be Captain America yeah. because he's there to protect America's greatest virtues and values and morals. And that includes fighting for people that might not be American. Like, that's just what a good American citizen would do. And that's like, you're using the word American too much, and it's really getting to me, and it's really pissing me off. Well, man. nowadays, it's like, <laughs> well, you know, America would just short, shut its borders and be like, hey, you guys go home and deal with your uh, own problems. I mean, See, that's, that's a, a problem. Yeah, that's a real-world debate right now. Like, what, what are the values yeah. of America? Yeah. What are, oh, God. <laughs> See, that's... This <laughs> word, the word America is just, like, starting to, to, to just... Ah, leaving a bad taste. But see, that's why that's why I'm such a huge fan of the Captain America films nowadays because like they they keep that character right, and he like knows that he should still be fighting for people. Yeah, because he I don't know he just he represents that nation's potential, Mm -hmm. and uh, even though. It shouldn't just nation. be a nation, though. It should be a, it's humans. It should be all humans. It represents humans' potential, and that's maybe that's the difference between Superman and Captain America. Yeah, it's the difference between nationalism and <laughs> one, globalism. One of them has an A on his chest and, and wears the stars and stripes. I mean, he is he was a product of America at this a very specific time, and so was Superman. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. society and culture have changed a lot since then. Uh, Captain America. So the is, characters need to change with it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Captain America was stuck in the ideals of world war two and we're not in world war two anymore mm-hmm. or what are the values of america mm-hmm. today so and that's that's an interesting concept uh, with him in, in those current, yeah. current films um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see because like you know <laughs> there's always talk about a third one happening and it's like well how's how's america gonna look in that one and yeah how is captain america gonna deal with that one in the next one and like you know how's he gonna represent us and you know it's it's just, I don't know, those two characters will always be kind of figures of controversy because they're supposed to represent, see, that's the problem, is that yeah. <laughs> is Captain America supposed to represent, is it, this nation is... Is Superman supposed to represent America? That's that's the question. He, he was. He was, yeah. But then again, times have changed, so the character needs to change with those times. Yeah. you know, And, super- and maybe some people still do think that he represents America, and... 
He's often depicted with an American flag behind him or carrying a yeah. flag. Even Superman too, you know, yeah. he restores the, the the flag to the White House, and that's a big like patriotic moment. Mm-hmm. Whether it should be, I don't know, but yeah, whether it should be, <laughs> it's a big question. Because um, I'm trying to think here, and it's like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I don't know how far I want to I want to pull on that thread. You, you don't right, want to piss right, off right, Nate right. any more than you have already. <laughs> yeah, because I have to. Then I'd keep saying the word America, and it's like, oh, it's just leaving a bad taste in my yeah, mouth. Yeah, because man. like, what did we talk about yesterday? It's like they project themselves. No, it's, it's in this minute, isn't it? Where they we project, project ourselves. Their, yeah, the, our icons are created. Uh, yeah, it's the same guy from yesterday minute, but in this minute he says we we always create icons in our own image. Mm-hmm. It's like we create a Superman in, in our in our uh, own image of that country that yeah. I won't name anymore. <laughs> uh, and it's like, that's the problem is that we created that character to always represent us. And then when he stops representing us, it's like, wait, I thought you were our character. I oh, thought man. you were our icon. It's like, I still am. I'm just, you're not following me anymore. Like, it's really weird. It's like, it's like creating an AI and then realizing that the AI is better than you. And then you get mad at the AI for, but you created it's it. like one of the most closed-minded mindsets a person can take, and it, it annoys me. Yeah. Um, someone to offer a little more negative thought on Superman is our, our good friend Glenn Woodburn from Man of Steel. Yeah. He shows up again, um, still looking nerdy as ever, but he, he talks about how um, this could lead to a bad time, basically, because... What he says, humans have a horrible track record of following people with great power down paths that lead to huge uh, human atrocities. Um, and I guess that could that's a possibility. I think that's kind of what Batman believes as well, maybe. Sure. I mean, it's always the—we st- the, are so lucky that the story of injustice exists. Like, because that is the other side of what Superman can do. And this is—that's just—that's what Glenn Woodward is saying, like— you know, a man with massive power, you're going to follow him like all these followers do. It's a story of injustice. Yeah. It's just, just because the, the person fear. has a lot of power doesn't mean that um, they're going the right way. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look at all like the, in the past uh, world conflict with dictatorship and stuff like that stems from that exact mindset. Good yep. one. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm sorry. I've always liked the um the rocket blowing up and him like for some reason like that thing must it's got to be really heavy even to superman standards but like he's trying to like let it down as easily as he could i'm assuming there's astronaut cosmonauts in there so you know it's like a safety issue but i don't know like his muscles are so like just massive like overly dramatic kind of but like in this you got to think about it. like he's he's like bench pressing a a rocket like so mm-hmm. like it's got to be like just popping out of that suit i don't know it just always looks good it reminds me of the whole atlas statue and you know the way to yeah, the world and everything so and i'm sure it's supposed to and it you know his statue in heroes park as well so it's just good imagery man mm-hmm. atlas is another uh, greek myth too it's a lot of there's a lot of Greek references. Yeah. Also, um, Prometheus, not Prometheus, uh, the guy who puts Sisyphus, who pushes the boulder up the hill, you know, like the work is never done. You always got to keep pushing that boulder. Yes. 
Yeah. I get, I get yeah. that too, especially when he's dragging the, the ocean liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Man. A lot so of, that's, that's good. A lot <laughs> of myths. A lot of myths in here. The work is never done. So my question is, do you think he's just a good guy trying to do the right thing? It yeah. seems obvious, right? Yeah. That That is the answer, right? That's my answer. Okay. Well, it has to be. I, I think, I mean, it's... It just has to be, right? Right. We we it's know Superman. the answer. It's just like everyone else was yeah. questioning it. But that's because we're seeing it from this, you know, we're seeing it from the comfort of our home and we know it's a story. Yeah. But, you know, God forbid it actually happens, then we go, we wouldn't be answering it so easily. No. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. right. This, it's like... This is loaded with what we know Superman is, right? It's not like mm-hmm. we've ever had to experience this yeah. for real. It's we Everybody recognizes what that Superman symbol stands for. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, you grow up your whole life like, oh, say no to drugs. And it's like, yeah, it's so easy. And then you grow up in life and you go, say maybe to drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're, you know, like, you, you think it's the answer so easy. And then it, it happens and you go, maybe he should always be doing the right thing. Yeah. Because uh, if, because it's, it's the fear of like, well, if we have to force him to do the right thing. Because if he chooses to do the wrong thing one day, then we, you know we could have been there to stop him but we didn't <laughs> and i guess that's the whole issue right yeah, it so, is it's the exact issue mark yeah you know it, it's interesting in injustice because there are moments where you see the citizens of metropolis and there are people who do still side with superman because they feel safer even though he's dictator superman yeah <laughs> i think the biggest character out of that was diana like it's to this day it really i have to rack my brain around why diana prince decided to follow cal l in the storyline of injustice like i just don't understand it and she is make sense it just doesn't to me it really just does not with the character of wonder woman and everything it just does not make sense i agree with that and too. i yeah. i love that i loved why every time she, her and cal were on the same page together like i just was constantly thinking like why is wonder woman doing this who wrote wonder woman to be like this like what is it was such a a you know mind f for me that it's one of the reasons why i just stuck with it so much it took me a while to understand to well i don't i still don't understand it but like it took me a while to to realize that everyone that's on superman's side is a monarch aquaman yes yeah uh uh, not Diana, and, uh, Diana, Black Adam, Black Adam. Mm-hmm. They're all kings and queens of of mm-hmm. their, and it's like, and then it started to hit me. It was like, oh, they're all monarchs of their own place, and they yeah. want their own protection. Thing. Yeah, they their want own their own protection. They, they're, yeah. they're all rulers, and and yet, like, they're taking all these rulers and giving them the mindset of they think that they are safe from this other, or they are safe with this other ruler. Like, in somewhere down the line, Diana Prince had the thought of, yeah, Superman's more powerful than me. I should probably follow him. Like, what? Like, no, come on. Like, you don't, you don't contribute Diana and Cal on, you, you don't put them on the same scale of, like, who's stronger, who, who can beat the other yeah, one. Like, they, you just don't. It just doesn't work like that. Like, yeah. I think it's a little bit char- character-breaking with, with Wonder Woman's character. It is, and I loved it, so... Where were we going with this? How did we get on this? Uh, topic? We we're talking about something about good one. This is heroes and morals and makes good makes good for yeah. great podcasting. Yeah, <laughs> it just 
I don't know. I, I, I guess it all, even the superheroes get affected by the presence of Superman. It yes, they should. It. Yeah, it's not just humans that get affected by it. It's other superheroes that get affected by it, and then they have to question their own, uh, I don't know, place in the universe, as yeah. uh, Tyson says in this minute. You know, we're talking about a, a being whose very existence uh, challenges our own sense of priority in the known universe. And uh, as it should, because... Uh, you know, what is it, like, you know, so many people think that the human race is, is it, you know, this is, we are, Yo. we're number one, and <laughs> it's like, you really think so, you really think, like, in the cosmos, like, we're, we're it, and it's like, no, nah, not even, but. It's another huge question you would need an entire movie to, to answer, rather than three minutes yep. in the middle of this one. Like, I, yeah. I think it's interesting to ask those questions, I'd like to see the discussion in a larger movie. Hey, man, you're having the discussion right here. Well, you know, I mean, it's not just Superman, but there's alien films. And didn't we mention that Day There Stood Still? Wasn't that one of yeah. those films where it's like it challenges your sense of priority? And Did we mention that on Man of Steel? I know I mentioned it. I know you mentioned but it. Was it in Man of Steel? It was in Man yeah. of Steel. Okay. And I, I don't, but I don't know if it's that film that, and I don't know if Arrival really makes you question that to you. Arrival, like, questions human to human interaction yeah. and like and i feel like that's one of those films that it's like an important lesson to learn because it's not about i don't know they they like really help the human population it's like, like yeah become, it's like what humans do with an unknown variable you throw an x into a but then again they think the alien is the unknown variable but then it's yeah. each other that's the unknown exactly variable. it's like you guys are so worried about this person but it's like you guys have been uh, what is it? You guys have been like ignoring each other for so long and um, not getting your facts straight about what each other thinks and mm-hmm. how you treat other humans. And it's like, maybe that's what you should be focusing on. But I don't so know. You never really see it, the perspective of a regular human being in these comic book worlds, you know? Like, what would it be like to live in that when these things are happening and you have no control over it? Like, it's. But not be a comedy on NBC. Right. I mean, just like a, a serious take on it. I mean, I mean that is that is the. I didn't watch. Was it Powerless? Right. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I didn't watch it either. It seems like that's what they were getting at, though. Like destruction happens all the time on your way to work, and what's that like? <laughs> just live in that when you know these superpower beings are out there destroying your city. Could crush your house. Yeah, or just you know your house just catch on fire, but no one was there to save it because mm-hmm. they're busy, or maybe they you know they're having dinner like. <laughs> why would you get mad at them for that it's like maybe they ain't got time for you are you gonna get mad at them about it or are you just gonna do something and try and save your house on your own or call the fire department like you should or something like that like i don't know but then again it's like why is it just your house that you're worried about what about your neighbor's house <laughs> dude come on man humans suck humans are selfish sorry yeah. sorry <laughs> just gonna keep rolling with that one um but i you know if, if we've asked too many questions i guess we can We'll start wrapping up a little bit, unless yeah. you guys have some more questions about the minute. I'm good. No, I was just wondering at the last scene here in this minute that this people being rescued from the flood has a little more resonance now after all these hurricanes have hit the United States. Like it's, oh, for sure, man. I mean, I'm sure this is meant to evoke yeah. Katrina, but now that it's happened again recently, it's kind of it's kind of harder to watch. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I'll probably save it for Monday of next week, or I'll, you know what? I'm just going to repeat it for Monday. This flood scene with the S painted on the roof and everything and the woman reaching up to him, 
always, whenever I watch that part, will always bring goosebumps to me and, like, tears to my eyes. Like, I'll well up. Like, that's the most emotional part of this movie, in my opinion. Most emotional part? Most emotional part. Of the whole movie? Or just of the whole movie. I'd say the scene is pretty... It's a pretty... It's just her reaching up. Like, that's... That's it. Like, that's the hope right there. You know, it's... It's so good to have this character not... You think it'd be okay if they had the movie where Superman just did what what the U.S. wanted, and like they would do that in a good way, like portray it in like, like no, it's okay that he only acts. I don't like, know. That was Dark Knight. Yeah, but you, they, you know they did that to like show that that's not okay. But do you think they could ever do that and be okay with it? God no. That's like a. That'd be like a probably one of the most super patriotic films ever. If you have, especially if it's a Superman film. And, like, you go back to the mindset of him being all about America, and you make it super America propaganda, propaganda and that that would be really interesting but, uh, to see. I'm, yeah, and I'm not, I agree, but I'm saying, do you, do you think there are people who want that? Of course. Are they wrong to want that? No. Are they? No, because they anybody can have any depiction of a comic book character that they want to see, you know, in, in their mindset. Like, me and Chris right here. My Superman is way different than Chris's Superman, and we still yeah, both think, really love the character. Yeah, but I don't know if Chris is asking for what I was just asking for. No. Am I? No, but Chris is asking for, if I'm sorry to be speaking for him, but <laughs> Go ahead. from what I, I, like I gathered, I what I gathered, Chris <laughs> is asking for a very hopeful uh, escapism Superman, which I 100% understand, because that's the basis of the character. I'm asking for a realistic Superman. Throw him in my real world, throw him in all the death and destruction, and see how he reacts to it. I st- we still both really love the character, and we're still really happy that you know we get things like movies and, and TV and, and comic books that exist for the character. It's just we want different things. Um, it's all under the same umbrella, though. <laughs> Cause like okay, so let's let's bring this this scene right here into into relevant times. So like Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So like, if the U.S. didn't want to help that part of America, okay. which is really weird, um, and, and it's glad to have Superman be there, and he decides, hey, you know, this is for the good of all if I help this sure Puerto Rico, and uh, and America would be upset about that, would they? Like, I mean. It'd be split down the middle, probably. Like, why would that be a? Why would that be controversial? Like, I don't know. I don't get that. I don't get why that would be a thing. But that You're seems like you're kind of asking be... why people hate. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> am I ask? Sorry, I don't know if I if I'm. I'm not trying to make anything look. I don't know. I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> you, can't, you I think your problem is you can't fathom the. Oh, see, I don't even know how to just... I can't, the, I can't, I can't understand today's society and yeah, why it acts the way it does. Yeah, I don't think you can understand the selfishness that, that people, especially, like, you know, in American media, is depicting now. We saw that in the beginning of this film with Nairobi, where they told CIA agents not to help Lois Lane. Yeah. And that would have been kind of like what would happen in Civil War if they had signed the Sokova Accords, where there would be moments like this where they were told not to go save people. Yeah. That's so wrong. I say, like... Well, it depends uh, on if me, the, you know, uh, the Avengers are sanctioned by the U.S. government in that in that in Civil War. And in this case, Superman mm-hmm. is not. He's acting independently, although he just happens to live in the United States. Yes, I guess it just goes back to my question. Is there a way that that could seem 
I don't think that's ever a right answer. I don't think anyone could ever like sleep well at night knowing like, hey, that's that's a good way to operate where we say, yeah, it's okay to act or okay not to act, even though it might be unethical. If if someone were right now from another country to go help Puerto Rico, who could have a problem with that? I certainly wouldn't. Any any help is good help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but we're but we're we're three normal guys. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely terrible people in this world that think otherwise, so. It would be embarrassing if another country started helping Puerto Rico, and we didn't. Yeah, it's, it's our, it's, it's <laughs> our, we, we're a part of it, we're all a part of the same thing. Yeah, I don't know, which is, I don't know, yeah. Uh, Chris, can you tell us about the first time you saw Donna Justice? Oh, yeah, um, it was opening day, Friday, 8, 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.45, I think, Um there was a kid sitting next to me who was about five years old who kept squirming and Oof. asking to leave and kicked me in the face a couple times. And he was like a, in the face? Know, like a stranger's kid. Like he was just flopping all over the seat. And he kept saying, Dad, I want it over. I want it over. And normally this would annoy the hell out of me, but I, I uh, empathize with that kid so much <laughs> <laughs> that it didn't bother me. I was like, yeah, I, I understand what you were t- you're saying, kid. But and he got so excited the first couple of times he saw Superman, and by the end of it, it was just like just wailing. He wanted to go home. Yeah, um, that was that didn't that didn't help the experience, I guess. But it was uh, I kind of I kind of felt the same way with the with the theatrical cut, and I I didn't watch it again until the the, the ultimate edition came out, like that first week. Mm-hmm. So you only saw it in theaters once, right? Okay, yeah, I'd, I remember seeing it. What I saw it twice. And twice, twice I, I saw it twice. Yeah. yeah, it's probably my worst theater experience to date because I saw it with you, Nate, and mm-hmm. the theater was just bad. Mm-hmm. And I think, and it, it sucks to say, it, but it, those do influence the the film. Oh itself. yeah, for sure. And I remember seeing it a second time and just being unsatisfied. And this, one of the speakers was blown out, and yeah. So during the loudest moments, you could really hear just static in one of the speakers, and I was. It just, it sucked for me because I knew that you were seeing it for the first time and I was seeing it for the second time. So it's kind of like my enjoyment is going to be how you enjoy it. And mm-hmm. if we leave the theater quiet and just been like, yeah, it was good. Then I know that it was like, wow, that was not That so really good. sucked. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, I guess theater experiences really do go a long way. But, you know, once you see Ultimate Edition a few times on your own, then you kind of get your own opinion about it. Um but Chris, if this isn't your favorite story of the two characters, uh, we would like to know what is. I'm not sure I have quite a favorite, but the most memorable one would be go- going back um, to Batman and Death in the Family. This is the this, oh yeah the very first issue of a DC comic I ever read was the the cliffhanger issue where Jason Todd dies. Of course, you didn't know at that point he was dead because I actually called to be able to vote, um, which cost almost as much as the comic book I think to be able to call. But, mm-hmm. and then and the issue after that is uh, Joker has gotten dip- diplomatic immunity by becoming um, a diplomat for Iran. And Superman is trying to tell Batman about this. Like, Batman is so angry. He, he, he's pretty much like at the end of his rope, he thinks he wants to kill Joker. And there's a conversation between the two of them, and Batman gets so angry that he slugs Superman in the face. Um,. But he like it's it's funny because like Superman rolls with the punch and Batman is like almost broken his hand, mm-hmm. and like he's he doesn't he Superman hasn't yet told him who the, like this new diplomat is like he's trying to get this information out of Superman, 
And in this case, Superman is, is kind of at the behest of the United States government. He's delivering a message. He's not like working yeah. for the government. He's just telling what he knows. Um, and then they go to the UN and the Joker has planned to gas the entire UN. Like he shows up at the podium to speak, but pulls back his robes and he has gas and Superman inhales all the gas. And while, while Superman is dealing with that situation, the Joker escapes. Um, and then Superman pulls Batman out of the water at the end. They can't find the Joker's body. Like they thought he might have died, but they can't find his body. I think that was that was really impactful for me because it was the first like crossover I'd seen in a comic book. Like I bought a Batman comic book and here's Superman and like you know half the issue. Yeah. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. I mean, I'm like, I don't know how old, ten years old at the time, like reading my first DC comics. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Like whole the like, whole crossover idea. And they're not they're not fighting each other. They're not enemies, but their I- ideologies are at odds in this, which is, I think is like yeah. a definitive relationship they want the same thing they just disagree about how to go go at it sometimes mm-hmm. that's cool i've never i've actually never heard that one the death of the family one well that story oh yeah yeah that is interesting i'm glad we finally got some uh original stories yeah and right been hitting a trend of the same the same meeting of the characters Does everyone always say the the, the the cartoon like the the movie when the, the paul dini first yeah i mean hey it's you're not knocking anybody for it it's, it's a lot of times especially in our generation like that's what we were exposed to first yeah that's great yeah, i won't no. say anything bad about that one but it, yeah this, this no, one was really specific to me like formatively as a as a comic book reader i would agree i remember reading that and not fully understanding why like superman could show up mm-hmm. or why he did show up i remember like i was very young and also the whole jason todd thing didn't hit with me like i just it was like a random book that i picked up and read and was like oh yeah okay and then like oh yeah you're superman too it was like oh all right whatever i think the the date the death of jason todd has always been um said so like nonchalantly whenever because i know like a lot of superheroes die nowadays and they come back and everything but it was more of like what happened to batman and like that that person actually died. I don't know. That's always had a lot of weight with me. Um, and especially like the red hood being reborn and, and like that story has uh, always had a lot of impact with me. And I, you know, a lot of people just kind of, Oh yeah, he died and he turns out to be red hood and everything. And it's like, it's a little more than that. Oh yeah. And it's like to have that happen to Batman and then like how he tries to deal with it. Like, I think it's, it's such an important piece of storytelling and i don't know it's it's, it's about how a, a superhero grieves with death and i, I don't know i just have, that story's always been a huge impact on me mm-hmm. but um chris did you have any uh final thoughts on on this week before we go ahead and wrap up uh i don't know i, th- I think we've had a pretty good discussion that can kept it civil as as far as the difference in opinion on this movie um so i enjoy talking to you guys even though we don't agree i think it's more fun when you don't agree 100 percent Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. If we were just three dudes agreeing that this movie's awesome, it'd be pretty boring. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point? Yeah. And I think that's, that's the point of this film, right? I mean, like, if everyone was just happy about what was going on, then there's no story, right? Yeah, why Otherwise, have the movie? Why have the movie? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta no have conflicts. some flawed characters. I totally get that. Like, it's... Mm-hmm. The, the flaws, in, and this may be a little too extreme for me, um, but, but I understand where it's coming from and just don't necessarily like uh, the whole package <laughs> fair enough uh chris where can we find you at 
Um, let's see. On I have a website, chrisayerscreative.com. Um, I have a Twitter, Chris A Creative. Um, the people v Batman, the people v Batman v Superman podcast, also DC Legacy Filmcast, and also at some point in the Dark Knight film, I am on screen for three and a half seconds, so you can actually see me. Where it's a scene where they're loading the boats, um, the two you know the two boats where the Joker gives detonators to passengers on both boats. There's a scene where they're loading mm-hmm. onto the boats, and I was in a big crowd scene. So that's like probably the happiest moment of my life, seeing myself in the big screen in a Batman movie. Why didn't you tell us this when we first started talking? I just forgot about it. I've talked yeah. about it before. That's something you forget about. Who's, what, you want someone to be like that? Hey, let me introduce myself. <laughs> no, not introduce myself, but I didn't know if it would ever have come up in the conversation. Be like, oh, hey, by the way, yeah, I was actually on set. Hey, I, like, yeah, no I way, man. That's now. awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I know it came in right now, but we come on. All right, whatever. Thank you for telling <laughs> you us that, Chris. Hey, uh, you can do. A, I'm jealous. We'll do a special episode on your Patreon or something, maybe, if you want to hear about all about it. But it was a it was a really uh, long day. Uh, being an extra on a movie is not really a good way to make money. Uh, I think I worked for twelve hours I and made like a hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh wow. There was like I thought it was just like. You just showed no. up and maybe you got on the <laughs> Hey, we need warm bodies. I had to go to an extra, yeah. an extra casting agency and give them a headshot. I had never acted before, but they just needed 600 people. And they're like, oh, you're a human. You can walk from point A to point B. Yeah. Do. Here, let, let me check your pulse. All right, you're good. Go over there. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't downplay it, man. He was in the Dark Knight. Come on. I'll, se- I'll send you the screen cap of it. Oh, please. That's awesome. Change my Facebook poster. Yeah? Poster? Poster. Yeah, make it your background? No, make it the, the one in the front. The big the banner the banner no oh, your cover Chris photo. you okay with that I, we yeah. do what you want to do man it's copy it's copyright <laughs> Warner Brothers pictures but other than that I don't care <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> all right guys we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today um, if you've enjoyed everything you heard don't forget to leave us a great five star review on iTunes it really helps us out and it helps other people find our show as well we'd love to definitely have your opinions on everything we talked about this week. So you can find us on the Facebook group, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. And uh, let us know what you think about Superman, uh, how he is in this film, his place in the world, and people's viewpoints on it. Uh, We'd love to hear all about that. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Or, no, I'm sorry. Well, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can catch us tomorrow. Hey. Um, But if you don't, you have to wait next week for Monday's episode. Uh, DC Cinematic Minute.